You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. Want to visit Paris without breaking the bank? Listen up while we share how we've visited the magical city of lights using points and miles. Welcome to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam, Alex's mom. And I'm Jess. We are Travel Hacking Moms. So today is all about Paris. Paris is a destination that is at the top of a lot of bucket lists and for good reason. The food, the Eiffel Tower, the sound of street musicians create an incredible atmosphere. Come along with us today as we tell you about our experiences in Paris on points and miles, of course. So I think we're going to kick it off with just talking about how many times we've been to Paris, our first thoughts, our favorite parts. So Pam, why don't you go first? Okay, so I've been to Paris four times. And a crazy fact is I really didn't like it the first time I went. I went with my mom, my dad, two of my older daughters. We were on a three-week trip across Europe. And I think it was our second or third stop was in Paris. And it was hot. It was crowded. And I don't know. I just didn't like it. I think out of all the places we went to, it was the place that I liked the very least. And so I wasn't really that thrilled about going back. And I think the second time I went was with you, Alex, when you were in high school. You were in college. And yeah, my daughter, Lindsay, lives in London. And Alex and I went to London and went to Paris with her. And it completely changed my whole thoughts about Paris. One of the things was Lindsay was pretty familiar with Paris, so she could take us to some wonderful um, bakeries. We would get these fabulous pastries. She knew some of the little smaller streets to wander through. And what's funny is it wasn't really a wonderful time of the year. I think it's kind of rainy that day. I know Alex had a toothache, and she was miserable. But all of a sudden, Paris just won my heart. I don't know what made the difference, but it stole my heart and it's had it forever since. And my favorite part about Paris every time I go is the Eiffel Tower. Every time I see it, it never gets old. I just love to see the Eiffel Tower. It embodies Paris and it just makes my heart happy to see it. Yeah, so you kind of touched on my first time um, was when we had been in London visiting my sister. We just went up for a couple of days and it was cold and rainy, mom. I think it was either January or February. So weather was not fantastic. And like I when I was think when I think of this trip, I think of me having a toothache there. We were in some church and I just remember like laying on a pew and like in the back of it, just like resting and I was cold and my tooth hurt. And I was like, so my first experience wasn't great. I'm glad that your experience that trip was so great and you loved it. But I, there were things I did really love about it. 
I remember walking through Luxembourg Gardens and I loved that. I thought it was so pretty. So I definitely like have some fond memories of that trip, but it was not my favorite vacation. I was cold and had a toothache, so not ideal. But we went again. My mom and I went just this last fall, fall of 2022, and I loved it. And so I get what the hype is about Paris, and I could definitely return again and again. That's awesome. So Jess, tell us about your first experience in Paris. And have you been there more than once? So I have actually been twice. The first time was on my honeymoon. My husband and I went to London and Paris. And then my family of three, me and my husband and our daughter, went just this past summer 2022. So I've been twice. Ironically, the first time we went for our honeymoon was before I started travel hacking. And so, you know, we paid cash for everything. And it was a budget honeymoon. And so we had a hotel room that was like the size of a closet and cost more than our luxury trip to Paris last summer on points and miles. So we're going to get into the details a little bit later, but I just laugh thinking about how we spent more money out of pocket the first time around and we were in economy on terrible flights and had a very tiny hotel room that we had to like crawl over one another to get to the bathroom. And we spent more out of pocket on that trip than our luxury trip. Sounds like a very romantic honeymoon. So the first time we went for our honeymoon, we flew United in economy. And we actually did use United points. This was before I started travel hacking, but I had I did that thing that you did, Pam, where like we had a United card and we put all of our spend on a United card. And so we did have United miles racked up from doing that. So we were able to redeem like two years worth of United miles for this one trip for the two of us in economy. We had terrible flights. Like we had to fly to Germany and then we had a layover with like a five hour layover there, you know. And so it's like, yes, we were able to use United miles, but our flights were terrible. Um, but they were 30,000 United miles each way per person in economy. And then this most recent time we went we flew Singapore Airlines business class, all three of us, and it was a much more pleasant experience. We flew the Fifth Freedom flight from Houston to Manchester, and then we took the train to London, and then we took the um, Eurostar to – we stayed in London for a little bit. And then we took the Eurostar from London to Paris, and it was a much more enjoyable experience than flying – United Economy with a five-hour layover. The only trouble with that, Jess, is you have completely spoiled your 10-year-old daughter where she thinks she's supposed to fly business class. And I know that you're not going to be able to continue that always, but she does think that. So we flew on, the, on that trip this past summer. We, so we flew business class there, and then we flew economy home. And she was already like, wait, we're in economy? And that was... Yes. So that was my, yeah, so it was July 2022. That was my first business class flight ever. And now I have like four more business class flights already booked for like the next year because I can't go back. That is the trouble with business class is that you fly it and then you're like, oh my gosh, I can never go back to like not having a lie flat seat on a long haul flight. 
And so then you just got to open more cards to get more points so that that becomes your norm. The moral of the story is don't create monsters of yourself or your children so that that becomes the norm instead of the exception. Yeah. So when we went, my mom and I went when I was in college. So we flew United as well, I believe, mom. And I remember we, yeah, we didn't have a choice. And I don't think you used points. You just paid for both of our tickets. I'm sure you found a good de- a good deal, which was probably why we went. But I remember that we got the bulkhead seats. And you were always really good at getting bulkhead seats before your travel hacking days. And it was kind of like, oh, we got the bulkhead seats. This is going to be, it was almost like that in our mind was like first class, was getting to be able to have the bulkhead seats. So I just remember being so tired when we got to London. Because we went to London first, just like Jess, and then took the Eurostar to Paris. And I remember my sister and my brother-in-law being like, you got to stay up. This was like my, that was my first time actually traveling to Europe. So they were like, you have got to stay up till at least eight o'clock. You can't take a nap. And so they got me on the schedule pretty good because they're like professionals at dealing with jet lag. But yeah, so I was really happy for this next trip to Paris that I didn't have to do that. So it's so funny. Our trips are really similar, Jess. We, my mom and I flew Singapore Airlines to Frankfurt out of JFK. And uh, we did that because my mom wanted to fly Singapore Suites. Amazing, amazing bucket list experience. And I just did business class, which was still fantastic. So it was fantastic. So we did, we just flew from JFK to Frankfurt. And then we got a cheap flight from Frankfurt to Paris. And the difference between those two trips of one, the first time getting there and being so exhausted. And the second time, being able to sleep on that red-eye flight, being able to like, okay, we're here. Let's go. What are we going to do? What, what should we go do now? It's a world of difference. And so I'm with you guys. I don't know if I can fly economy on a long-haul red-eye flight. I was the exact same way. Like, I struggled with jet lag for days on our honeymoon because I basically did not like I did not sleep in economy and so there are people who can fall asleep anywhere and I am not one of them and so I like the entire honeymoon I was struggling with jet lag and so to be able to like actually get a decent chunk of sleep on the plane and then wake up and feel like okay I can do this we got this let's go is so worth the extra points for me. I will do it. I will do it whenever I can. I totally agree with you. So that is how we got to Paris on that second trip. Coming home, I didn't fly business class. I did economy. And reason being is, one, the business class flights were a ton, a ton of points. And I had a strict dates that I needed to come back. And it's a daytime flight. So I thought, you know, I don't need to sleep. I'll be fine. Save my points. And there's actually a nice flight. So I'm in Salt Lake City and there is a direct flight between Paris and Salt Lake City on Delta. And if I were going to book that flight through Delta, it was insane. I don't even remember how many points it was, but it was at least double, if not three times more than if I booked the flight through Air France. So I booked the flight through Air France but I was flying a Delta plane and it was significantly, significantly cheaper. And it's literally the exact same seat 
exact same plane flight. Everything's the same. It's just I booked it with Air France because they are both part of the Sky Team Alliance, which allows you to book flights um, on e- for each other. And it worked out really nice. I was actually kind of dreading the flight because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to be in economy for so long because you get spoiled being in business class. But I did. Um, the day before, I looked at the seat map and there was an exit row seat available. So I paid like maybe $100 to upgrade to the exit row seat. So just me and one other person, the rest of the plane was like a three, three um, seats on each side, two rows of three. And so that was really nice to just be a twosome and have the exit row. So it was actually a really good flight. It wasn't bad at all. So it was really nice to be able to have that like direct flight too. So I think that I primarily for all of my um, flights to Paris, except for this last one where I did the amazing Singapore suites, I paid a lot for that experience um, in points and miles, uh, in miles, but it was totally worth it just because it was a real bucket list for me. But primarily I have used United to travel to Paris. And actually, most of the time when I travel to Europe, I have used United. Um, for And usually, until I got into the points and miles game, always traveled in economy. I would sometimes upgrade, pay, and get economy plus. But for most of my life, economy class was absolutely perfectly fine. I was more focused on where I was going and getting there and having that experience than um, the flight itself. That's changed a little, but that's because of points and miles. And that's allowed me to, because now I pay less to go on my business class seats to Europe than I used to pay in cash for my economy seats. But United is a really good airline for getting to Europe. Usually you can find a flight over to Europe, to Paris, to wherever for about 60K round trip. I feel like it's gotten a little bit more expensive lately. And certainly if you're trying to fly during the summer, if you're trying to uh, fly during holiday season, it can double in price. So it's more like 60K each way. So, but United has worked out really well for me in traveling to Paris or anywhere in Europe. One thing I wanted to add to to that is I feel like when you do see those prices jump up a ton like that, where it is double, always look at maybe flying out of a different airline. Um, like, uh, I know my mom's in Denver, which is a United hub, but there's also like bigger airports. You could look at a flying out of Houston. Jess is so spoiled being in Houston, like so many good flights out of Houston or like JFK or like Chicago is a big one that we do. So there's other options. If you're finding that all of the flights out of your airport are super expensive, you can look at flying out of a bigger airport and sometimes the prices will be significantly less. We do that all the time. It's called positioning. So what we will do, and even though I live near a big airport, you'd think that I would have so many choices, but sometimes it's still high. But then I'll look out of Chicago and it will be significantly lower. So I will take a really cheap flight, like I will take a Southwest flight or a really cheap United flight to get to Chicago. And that's where I will start um, my main travel. And so that is a really good trick when you're trying to use your points and miles. So we've talked a little bit about how to get to Paris. Let's talk about some of the hotels we've stayed at. 
that we would recommend or not recommend to each of you? So I'll get started. Um, my So my mom and I, when we just went on our trip last fall, we stayed at three different hotels. We The purpose of this trip was, one, we wanted to go and see Paris again because we had been a long time and I'd only had that one experience there. But also we wanted to go as part of like being able to share with people, with you guys, with, you know, the readers of our blog, different hotels. So it was a work trip, which we are very lucky that this is the kind of work trips we get to go do is travel to places like Paris and try out hotels. So the first hotel that we stayed at is the Hyatt Regency Etoile. Am I, does that sound like I'm saying it right to you guys? Well, to me, I never took French. But I um actually did, went to Google and asked Google how to pronounce it on our trip. So I was hoping I still remembered. So I actually learned though it means the star, I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it means. Watch, you guys, someone that speaks French is like, that is not what that is, but. I think Google told me that. So anyways, this hotel is a Hyatt Category 4, which means you can use your free night certificate here that comes with your Hyatt card. It's seriously, I think it's a steal that this hotel is still a Category 4. Um, standard pricing here is 15,000 points a night if you don't have that free night certificate or if you know you want to stay more nights than just your free night certificate. It is about a 15-minute walk to the, the Ark, and it's so it's, it's, it's kind of further away from some of the main sites, but I don't think it's too far. I think the price of the hotel and how great the hotel is makes it worth staying there. Like, if I was going and I was taking my family, 100% this is where we would stay because we can make our points go so much further here, and it's a really great hotel. So, one of the things that we loved about it, I would say this was my favorite part of the hotel. I'm going to guess my mom is going to say the same, is their club lounge. So if you have globalist, high globalist status, you will be able to access their club lounge or you have the option of booking a club room, which is what my mom and I did. Because when we went, neither of us had high globalist status. So you will pay a little more points for the club lounge, but I think it's worth it at this property. So with the club lounge, you get free breakfast. And at this hotel, they have a buffet breakfast. The buffet is really good. And then in the afternoon and the evenings, they will have snacks and drinks available for you to enjoy as well. But the best, best part about the lounge is the view of the Eiffel Tower. So we actually had, when we arrived, we just spent one night here. And I think both of us were like, we wish we were staying another night. Like it was just really great so when we first arrived we went up to the club lounge and it was nice they had some snacks we had we had a snack and it was pretty small so that's what we just thought was the club lounge but then the next morning when we went up, we went up for breakfast it was like double the size <laughs> so they have like this partition that they open to expand it and when you get to the other side the there's a view of the eiffel tower and it literally like took our breath away and they're just like my mom said, that's her favorite part of Paris. There's something about it for me, too, where I see it and I'm like, I'm in Paris. And it's just it just it was a, it was a pinch me moment. I know we've talked about those before. A pinch me travel hacking moment where I was sitting there eating my free breakfast at this amazing hotel, staring at the Eiffel Tower. It was a beautiful, sunny day. And I was just sitting there thinking I even said to my mom, I cannot believe we're sitting here in Paris eating this amazing breakfast, staring at the Eiffel Tower. We could hardly leave. 
it was so hard to leave that room and go sightseeing. We could have sat there all day, I think. It really, I, I totally agree with you. And it sounds silly, but it even just talking about it, like, kind of takes me back. And I'm like, oh, that was, that was a travel hacking moment that I'm going to remember forever. So the thing about it, though, is if you do not have a club room, um, another thing that you can do is they do have a, it's called Window Sky Bar. And you can go up to, during the evening, it's open for drinks and appetizers. We didn't go up there because I don't think we really knew what it was until after we were checking out. That is something we regret because now I'm like, I wish we would have gone up there because how it works is with the club lounge for breakfast, they use the part of the window sky bar. So then the reason we couldn't see the Eiffel Tower later on is because they closed that off and opened the bar. So if we were to go up to window sky bar and had drinks and or an appetizer, we could have sat there and seen the Eiffel Tower at night all twinkly. And that would have been really cool. So I highly recommend if you are going to that property, go up to the sky bar and get something to eat or drink and just watch the Eiffel Tower twinkle because that's now I'm like, I got to go back so I can do that completely. I'll go with you. I'll go. I'll go too. We need to we need to go for for research. Exactly. Research. <laughs> I will say, like with all of these hotels, when you're traveling to Europe, their occupancy is low. I think it's like usually two, sometimes three, depending on the hotel. Um, so you're most likely. Yeah, the rooms are really small. I, the rooms here were nice, though. Like, I think they had been recently renovated and if not it looked like they had been they were the rooms were nice they're they're like simple but they're nice and we loved it we'd go back and the rooms being usually smaller completely we'd go back so do you want to share mom where else we stayed during that trip absolutely and i have a confession to make and it's really weird i love to hotel hop now that's really strange and that's why on this trip i had no problem staying in three different hotels over four days. That's what we did. So I love to check out the different decor. I like to see how they compare. I like to see how the staff is. I love everything about hotel hopping. Jess is dying right now. That's the last thing she wants to do. And, <laughs> but but I really do like that. It's kind of like I like different Airport lounges, I'm, I guess I'm a hotel geek besides an airport lounge geek. I don't know. I think part of it, too, though, is it's like, when am I going to be in Paris again? And I have all these hotels that look amazing. I want to try them all. And so I, I get it, Mom, because I'm a little bit like that, too, where I'm like, well, I want to see what, which one's the best. Right. And then, then I can come back and then I can stay a week at one, the one that I like the best. So y'all can just leave me at one and you can go you know, hop, drag your luggage around and check into all your hotels. And I'm just going to stay at the one at the window bar and watch the Eiffel Tower twinkle. And you can just tell me how the other ones are. <laughs> that actually sounds like a good idea. I might stay with you. <laughs> well, the two hotel, other hotels that we stayed at were the Hotel du Lou, which, as its name suggests, it's right around the corner from the museum. Um, the Louvre Museum, really right around the corner. It's also very close to the, and I don't know my French here, Alex, the Musée d'Orsay. I'm not sure if I, anyways, the Museum d'Orsay. So really close. And 
their Hotel de Louvre was super, super cute. I thought it had really cute decor. It had the friendliest staff, really a big room by European, European standards. It was really white and bright when we got in there, or maybe it was later, they brought us um, and I, I always say macaroons and I do, it's macaroons. How do you say that? We should have brought, I say macaroons, but I'm sure that that's not the right way to say it. We should have brought someone who speaks French onto this episode to like say things for anybody that's listening and speaks French. We're sorry. Yeah. We're sorry. We are massacring our names, but they were really good. These little cookies that we had. And they had those there for us, and they had some lemonade. And you know what? I really love those kind of gestures. They just really make me happy. And these hotels that do that are really smart because they make me like them even more. But it was really a good hotel. What did you think about it, Alex? I am with you. I loved it. I think the location was so, so good. Of all of the ho- all the hotels we stayed at, I think this had the best location. And I, it's kind of hard. I think if I were to go to Paris with like my husband, I'd maybe stay there. I would be tempted though to stay one night at the Hyatt Regency and then move as much as Jess hates it. Just because I love the view there. And if it's like I have a Hyatt free night certificate, what better way to use it than that? I, I feel like if I was going with my family, I'd for sure stay at the Hyatt Regency. Otherwise, I'd stay at the Hotel de Louvre. Yeah, I think I'd chew at the Regency and chew at the Hotel de Louvre. And there are some other ones. I'd like to try out the Hyatt Madeline. There are some other hotels that look like they'd be pretty nice there, too. Um, so our, our third hotel. And this was a hotel that we booked for two nights. And it was a small luxury hotel brand. I love that brand. And so that's why we kind of picked to stay there because we thought that we would love it. It's called the Raphael. And unfortunately, we didn't love it. And um, I think a lot of people would like it because it's very old French. The um, decor is brocade and red and all that stuff. I just realized, and I think Alex and I both talked about, that really isn't the type of decor we like as much. And so, and also to be fair, it was really, really busy. Usually with the small luxury hotels, um, you get an upgrade. We didn't get an upgrade. And so I think there were a few reasons that we didn't love it as much. But I, but again, I think a lot of people would like it. What was your thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I felt like it was old. It was kind of how I felt. And I like newer things, or if they're not new, I like them like newly renovated. So I would not stay here. And I know this hotel is is kind of a lot of points for what it is, I feel like. Um, So, yeah. Another thing I was remembering when we were talking is when we booked this, we were having a hard time finding availability at some hotels. And I think that's part of the reason why we moved hotels, too, is like there wasn't any more availability at the Hyatt Regency. And I think we could only get one night at the Louvre. And so I think that was part of the reason why we moved around so much. So we, we enjoy it for research. But also, I think with the Hotel Raphael, I feel like there wasn't really any many other options for our last two nights. We were kind of like, OK, well, we'll try this. It's a small luxury hotel. These are always great. We've had great experience. And I wouldn't say it was a bad experience by any means. Like the staff was good. The hotel was clean. 
they left us treats and drink too. Like the service was really good. It just, for me, it wasn't my style. Exactly. And it was, the location was amazing. The location we walked really quickly to the Arc de Triomphe from the Champs de LSA. And it was really a good location. So I wouldn't, you know, I'd say if you want a real period type of hotel, you want the French style, it might be just the place for you. When we started to plan this, our plan was we were going to stay at the Park Hyatt. That was our dream. We wanted to stay at the Paris Park Hyatt. Could not find availability. The crazy thing that happened is that we, and, and we recommend this to anybody, is we did a hotel alert through Open Hotel Alert. Is that what it's called, Jess? Yeah, Open Hotel Alert. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying it right because it's English. It's not French. But, right. but Open Hotel Alert. And just before we were going to travel there, we got an alert that we could stay there. But at this point, we knew that we had the content from Jess and we decided we were going to take one for the team for all of our readers and we were going to stay at these other places. But Park Hyatt Paris is on my to-do list someday and Jess is going to tell us all about it right now. I feel bad, Pam, because after hearing about the hotel you didn't really like, you're going to be really sad that you didn't stay at the Park Hyatt. (laughs) Yes. So we went for four nights last summer. I'm not going to tell you about the hotel we stayed at on our honeymoon because I don't even remember the name of it and it was not good. So we're just not going to talk about that one. But for our most recent trip, we stayed at the Park Hyatt. That was like my dream to stay at the Park Hyatt Paris. And so we made it happen. It is a Category 8 Hyatt. So that is their highest category, which means that standard award nights are 40,000 Hyatt points a night. But this is a true luxury property. The week before we were there, Millie Bobby Brown, the actress, was staying at the Park Hyatt Paris. And so this is like where celebrities stay and it runs, I think, our nights. We were in the, we were there in the summer. I think our nights would have been around $1,500 a night if we paid cash. And so 40,000 points is a lot, but you are getting pretty good value for those points staying at this luxury property. Our room was huge by Parisian standards. Uh, the bathroom of our room was bigger than the entire room that we stayed in for our honeymoon. And so it had a huge bathroom, closet, two sinks, tub, shower. My daughter wasn't a huge fan of the decor. It was very like there was a lot of gold and there was a lot of like mirrors everywhere. Um. But I was just happy to be there. We were we were celebrating her birthday on that trip and they had like balloons, sparkling apple juice, chocolate cake, macaroons, a card, like all there in the room for her when we arrived. So she felt like she was just, you know, living her best life. She had all these treats and like a card for her. And so we had a room with one king bed and then they had a we had a roll away for her. So we were able to fit three of us in that room and the room was huge. Like there was plenty of space for all three of us. And yeah, it was just 
my husband still says that that is his favorite Hyatt we have ever stayed at. Oh, wow. And the thing I love about Park Hyatt, so with Park Hyatt and usually with Thompson Hotels, you can get, if you get breakfast, like if you have globalist status, you can get the breakfast in the form of room service instead of having to go to the restaurant. And that is one of my favorite things is like being in my robe, eating my room service. Like that is like, that is when I'm happiest. And so and with a kid, like with kids, being able to have room service is so nice because we could just like leisurely wake up, order our breakfast, stay in our room. She could watch her cartoons, you know, and it's just like you're not having to like get dressed and go down to the restaurant. And, you know, I don't know. I just there's something so luxurious about room service. And so one of the mornings we did go down to the restaurant just to see like what the hype was about. But then the other three, we were like, no, we just want room service. So, um, so we had our room service. I got, I had my robe and I was in Paris. Like we had our windows open and I was like, this is so amazing. So definitely, it's definitely a splurge, but I've heard from people like after I went, some people messaged me and were like, I just booked it like for my honeymoon or like, it's just, it's definitely a bucket list property. I know that not everyone is going to want to spend 40,000 points because you could get over two nights at the Hyatt Regency Etoile for that. You know, if you're only spending 15,000 points a night. But I'm glad we did it. And it was amazing. This is the other thing, the way that I look at it, Jess, is 40,000 points, Hyatt points. Yes, you get such outsized value for them. But if you were going to stay, spend 40,000 Marriott points to stay, stay somewhere in Paris. I don't think it was going to compare at all. I think it would be more like that. You know, like, I think it would be more like the hotel you spent on your honeymoon for 40,000 points. It would be like the airport Marriott if we were, if you're going to spend 40,000 points. Yeah. So it's all comparable. So I think it's, it's, it sounds like it's definitely worth it. I definitely want to try to do that sometime. You would be living your best life there, Pam. Like that hotel has Pam written all over it. Bougie on a budget. Yes. And that's the crazy thing. Like when we walked into the room, my husband was like, I cannot believe we are paying zero dollars to stay here. Like it was one of those moments, you know, like when you're when you're checking into a hotel and you're like, I feel like I don't belong here because there's all these people around you checking in who are clearly very wealthy and who are clearly paying thousands of dollars to stay at these properties and i was like i feel like an imposter but like i'm here for it because i'm paying zero dollars to stay at this amazing luxury bucket list property i just realized what a great way to get player two on board take them to the park hyatt in paris they'd be all over points and miles so let's talk a little bit about some of our favorite things that we like to do when we go to Paris. Alex, you're up. Okay, so on this trip that we took in the fall to Paris, on our flights, like I had a flight from Salt Lake to New York and then then on. And so I had a lot of flying and I had a lot of time at the airport and the airport lounges. And so I decided I would start watching Emily in Paris the Netflix series, and I had never seen it. So I thought, okay, this will be a, like, it'll be so much more fun to watch this 
when I'm going to Paris and I'll see all these sites. So I watched like the whole first season almost like by the time we got there, our first night in Paris, I had finished the first season. So then I started the second season and we had one day that we hadn't really planned out. And I said to my mom, what if I'm going to see if they do Emily in Paris tours here? So I looked it up on Airbnb experience, found one. We booked it. Sadly, like the night before the tour, the tour guide had to cancel. So I was kind of bummed because we were both bummed because my mom had watched it too. And we're like, oh, we wanted to do that. I'd be like, make the show so much better to be able to like go to those places in real life. So I found like on, I just Googled it and found a blog that had your own, like take yourself on the Emily in Paris tour. So we didn't do the whole tour. We basically just went to see like the, where she lives, the fountain outside her apartment and then Gabrielle's restaurant. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about. And all of that is like steps from each other. So we went there and saw that and it was fun because like we saw like other moms and daughters there getting pictures and you could tell like there's definitely sightseeing to go see the Emily in Paris site. So that I thought was really fun. That made seeing the second season so much fun for me. I could just see us there. I could just imagine it. It was like so much fun. That's one of the funnest things about traveling to different places is when you then see that place on a movie or a TV show and you can just picture it. So I'm really glad we did that too. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've been there. So that was really fun and like unexpected. Not like, you know, your typical, I'm going to go to Paris to go see TV show filming sites, but it was fun. The other thing that I really enjoyed doing and I, it was one of my favorite things last time or the first time that I went was going to Luxembourg Gardens. It was such a beautiful day. We actually were able to walk there from where the Emily in Paris sites were, from where houses. And it was so fun to just sit there and people watch. They have, like, I was just thinking, oh, I would love if my kids were here with me. They would love this. So they have little sailboats that you can go and rent. And they have, like, these long sticks. And you just push your sailboat out and then you chase it around outside of the pond. And each sailboat has a, is like a country. And there were just so many families and kids there. I think it was like a, maybe it was a, either a Saturday or a Sunday. So it was pretty busy. But it was just really fun to watch. Just people watch all these families and like families from different countries and they're all speaking different languages and they're all having like fun as a family. And so I was like, just thought, oh, this would be so fun to bring my kids here to do this. And it was just a really kind of picturesque afternoon, I feel like. It really was. It was gorgeous. And the funny thing is, you said that you did it the first time. I don't remember Luxembourg Gardens at all the first time. But this, you know, but this time, it was like I'd been to it for the first time. And I absolutely loved it. One of my favorite things to do in Paris is to go to the museums. I love to go to the Louvre. Yeah, I never get bored going there. I love the Musée d'Orsay. I think that's a beautiful museum. And one of the great things, um, if you have a Capital One card, you can get six free months of the Cultivist Benefit. Now, what is the Cultivist Benefit? The Cultivist Benefit lets you go into many different museums all over the world. 
and you can take up to uh, three people and you can do it for absolutely free and you can really save a lot of money. Normally, this costs about $40 a month. So the key to this is to get it just before you're going to a location with museums. So that's what I did. I signed up for it just before we were going to Paris. I emailed the Cultivist group um, or whatever the email is that you do, and they arranged everything for us. They did everything in advance. They wanted to know when we were going to be there, what time we wanted to go, and they sent me the tickets. It was really easy. And we'll put a link to the post that we wrote about this benefit in the show notes. You give them the credit card information, so be sure and cancel that subscription before your time runs out. In fact, interesting, when we were getting ready to do this podcast, I thought, when does my benefit end up? When does it, you know, when is the end of it? When's the termination point? And so I looked yesterday and, oops, it's supposed to expire in three days. So I canceled that and didn't have to pay the $40 that first month in case I hadn't canceled it. So tidbit, put that in your calendar. Uh, so I love, love, love museums. They are so much fun. And just a little tidbit, if you go to the Museo de Orsay, they have really good food there. Both times I've been there, I've really enjoyed the food. So plan to eat lunch there. One thing that I, both times that I've been to Paris, we did both of these museums both times. And I like the Orsay so much more than the Louvre. And I just like, Louvre is great, but it's so big and it's overwhelming. Whereas, yeah, and crowded. And the Musée Orsay is just so much more manageable. And it's really, really cute. Like, it's very, it's a beautiful, beautiful museum. So uh, maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I feel like you have to go to the Louvre. You have to go see the Mona Lisa. Don't wait in the long line. I know. Don't just because, I mean, can you, you just have to say you did it. But it's really not that exciting. But don't wait in that long line. Just walk past the line and just keep walking and then turn your head and you can just watch, see her as you're, as you're walking by. But I, my unpopular opinion would be to skip the Louvre and go to the Orsay if you're just going to do one. Okay, well, if that's an unpopular opinion, I agree. Because we went to the Louvre the first time on our honeymoon and I was like, once is enough. I have no desire to go back there. I like the outside of it, like the pyramid, the glass pyramid is beautiful. But this past time when we went, I was like, we're not going there again. So we just did the Orsay. I love the Orsay. You you both stole my answers because we're supposed to be talking about our favorite activity. And I was going to say Luxembourg Gardens and the Orsay. So you've stolen my answers. When you guys went to Luxembourg, did Molly, or did, did Molly do the boats? No, I saw the boats, but we didn't. I don't know why we didn't do them. We watched them. And we got, like, my favorite thing to do, one of my favorite things to do in Paris is just to get a crepe from, like, a little station and then just sit down and, like, people watch and eat my crepe. And so we did that a few different times, and Luxembourg is one of the places we did that. So Molly and I each got a crepe and just sat and ate it and and people watched in Luxembourg Garden. So that was perfect. We also went to the Orsay using the Capital One Cultivist benefit, and it was great. I think they had a little... Molly got a um, kids, I think it was it was some sort of like scavenger hunt kids guide that they had there. And so we always, whenever we go to museums with her, we go to the information desk. Sometimes they even have a family desk that you can go to and they have like little activities 
for the kids to keep them a little bit more entertained at the museum. And so we did that at the Orsay. And then another thing that I think I told y'all about and you did also is we had a couple of meals at the Pullman Hotel and they have a restaurant that is outside and has the perfect view of the Eiffel Tower. And so we went once and then I was so obsessed with it that I was like, we have to go back there again. And the food was fine. Like the food was good, but it's mainly for the views that we went there. And so we loved just sitting outside, perfect view of the Eiffel Tower while we ate. And it was just like really cool experience. Yeah, we did do that because I, I asked, I made sure I knew you loved it. So I made sure to ask you where we left. And we loved it so much, too. Like the views are so good. And we were actually going on a tour. Where was our tour to again? Mom, I'm blanking on the name of it. Oh, we were we went to Versailles. Versailles, yes. So we went on a tour to Versailles and the bus picked us up outside the Pullman Hotel. So we were already planning to do it. But then when we saw that that was the pickup point, we we're like, this is perfect. So we got like brunch there and then we met our tour group and then went to Versailles, which I really enjoyed Versailles too. I think it's one of those things you only probably need to do once. But I would definitely like the way we did it was really great because the bus took us out there. It was like one of those really nice tour buses. And then we had a tour guide that took us through. We got like skip the line tickets. We could go to the garden. So I really like that. And I, but I also really like history. So if you're into kind of a history buff, then you might enjoy that as well. So I just, I mean, it's just Paris is just special. I don't know. I, I like feel good when I, and I love seeing the Eiffel Tower at night. Like we went and stood really close to it and waited for it to light up. And I was like, this is so like magical. I don't know. I just, I could go back there again and again and not get tired of it. I'm remembering now that you're talking another thing that we did that we loved that I hadn't done before is we got tickets to go to the top of the Arc de Triomphe. I didn't say that right. Arc de Triomphe. Triomphe. I don't know. Something like that. Once again, sorry. <laughs> They're like, don't go to Paris again. You guys are canceled. You don't know how to say any of these words. But we went to the top and I we got skip the line tickets. We bought them ahead of time. Highly recommend doing that because the lines were really long. But we went up to the top, and it is a lot of stairs. And I remember my mom, you were like, I don't know if I can do this. I was like, you got this. You can do it. And she did it. It wasn't, a, I don't think it was as bad as you thought it was going to be. It wasn't. And but we got to the top, and we were there. The views of the city are amazing. The You can see the Eiffel Tower. And we were there when the lights started to go on, and it started to sparkle. So that was really cool, too. I am with you. Like, as we're talking about all of this, I'm like, oh, I want to go back to Paris. Hasn't even been a year yet, but I'm like, oh, I could totally go back. I know. Like, we need to book a research trip. Travel Hacky Mom Retreat. Paris is just one of those places you can go to again and again, I think. And, and the nice thing about it is you can really do it in three or four days. And so you can add on another European city to make it, you know, a longer. So that means that if I'm going somewhere else, might as well go over to Paris for a few days too. And I also think that there's always new things to do and discover there that maybe like you've done the really popular things, but there's like, I don't know, off the beaten path kind of things. There's just so much to do and see in Paris that it, it's easy to go back to. Totally agree. 
So we hope that you've enjoyed com- coming along on our recent trips to Paris. There is nothing like seeing the Eiffel Tower over and over again. She never disappoints. Eating macaroons and crepes, checking out museums. Paris is indeed a magnificent city made even more magical when you don't need to break the bank to visit her. And if you'd like to get a jump start on your travel hacking journey, make sure to check out our free masterclass. We'll put a link in the show notes. We'll also put a link to all the museums you can visit with the Cultivist benefit from your Capital One card. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. And to stay connected and follow along, follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you.